Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart Welcome back to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with gorgeously rendered digital animation of a plastic, rictus-grinned Tom Hanks. <laughs> I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I'm your RV driving, swearing up a storm dad. I am Luke Patrick. I'm the other idiot. Hey, Sam. Hey, hey Papa. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we are recording this one from the RV. Uh, yep. And, uh, and this week we did watch uh, Toy Story 4, 2019's mm-hmm. Toy Story 4, right on the road. Yep. Yep, yep, cruising, yep. Cruising this beautiful country of ours. Yep. Yeah. I have many things to say about this movie, but I feel like it's too early to dive into that. But yes, Sam, there was mm-hmm. an RV and it was on the road. Um, yes. That is accurate. Uh, hey, hey, buddy, how was your watch? So, I watched it, okay, I was going to watch it uh, last night, but um, I overindulged on uh, some fine crepes, uh, (laughs) and I did not feel good last night, and so I watched this morning by myself. It was your typical watch, and so, Luke, instead I wrote a poem again. Oh, God. Oh, no. High energy, atrocious accents, never nude, keeps America happy, sizable peener. <laughs> Entered watch, as you would say. Uh, I consumed the movie. It, it was a movie. Uh, I did rent it through Jeff Bezos' uh, Amazon oh. Prime Video and noted owner of the Washington Post, Jeff Bezos. I bet that was nice. Yeah, so I, you know, I got all those extra special features uh, because <laughs> I purchased it through the Jeff Bezos network. Um, oh yeah, you know, like the time when Tom Hanks gets pantsed on set, and Meryl Streep <laughs> forgets all of her lines because she's super drunk. Uh, you know, all the classic yeah. outtakes that they don't they don't include in the rest of the the streaming networks. Yeah, the great blooper reel for the post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, it was pretty good. Overall, I'd say my watch was was easy peasy. Ain't no, ain't nothing to it. Sam, how was your watch? I mean, I I was woken up from a deep slumber by my wife yelling at our cat at five thirty this morning. Mm. Um, I watched the movie. It's a, I'm not gonna talk about my watch because it's the same goddamn thing every week. Instead, Luke, I wrote a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. About the watch or about the movie or? Uh, just about Tom. Oh, okay. All right, dude. So, uh, here, here's the haiku. Yeah, please hit me with this. Tom Hanks is my god. He likes to have sex with fish. The <laughs> penis is huge. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Do you think he'd put this on his tombstone? Can we get him to commit to that now? Oh my god, I wish. Oh, fuck I, yeah, dude. I mean, should we tweet this? Yes. Yes. Okay. For a second I was like, I don't know, do we have any shame? And then I realized, no, we do not. <laughs> 
We have no, no shame. Not, so Not an ounce. Yeah, and given how coherent our last couple tweets at Tom have been, I'm loving the idea that this one is going to be uh, pretty fucking out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will tag him in it. Yes, please. Uh, please, please, please. Yeah, remind me to do that after the episode. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so I felt... I felt uh, moved to to write some poetry about Tom mm-hmm. Hanks, which I think says where I am 50 episodes into this because, Luke, this is our 50th fucking episode. Holy shit, dude. 50. That's that's half a hundred. Uh, oh, two you know when two you, times 25. <laughs> when you put it like that, it feels like nothing. Yeah. Hey, I'd say we've climbed most of Everest at this point. Uh, yeah, I know we're staring down kind of the last like grab bag of his movies at this point, so it feels mm-hmm. feels pretty good to me. Sam, how are you feeling about the fact that we just reached 50, 50 episodes? Um, somewhere, but can you feel? Okay, it's like you accomplished <laughs> something great. Yeah, like like shitting into a cup. <laughs> from the top of a water tower. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but so you're saying you feel like you've accomplished something, but then also what you've done is just shit into a cup. Yeah, like I feel a fair amount of shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realize that this has added really nothing to the to the public good. Yeah. Um. No, no one asked for me to shit in the cup from the top of a water f- water tower, but I mean, I did it. Yeah. Hey, maybe this is a, a cry for help then. So an early call to all of y'all who are listening. If you enjoy the podcast, maybe email us at hanksypanksypod at gmail.com <laughs> to let us know that you enjoyed watching Sam shit into the cup from the top of the water yeah. tower. Yeah, I need to hear at least one person clapping as that turd <laughs> slams into that Dixie cup. Please, we do this for public adjuration. That's uh that's that's pretty much it. That's why we do this. So <laughs> It's all we have left. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good actually, all things considered, about fifty well, episodes. Good. Uh we've definitely put in the work and we have spent a lot of money on rentals at this point. We have. <laughs> and I purchased a webcam just for this because my weird double cam setup with the VR headset was getting old. So yeah. I've sunk a lot of money into this podcast. True that. I will say for the folks at home, it's it's weird me out a little bit because for the first time ever, I get to see Sam's face head on in 1080p. And it's magnificent, but it is, it is, <laughs> he's voguing on camera right now. It's a vibe. Uh, so thanks for, for purchasing a webcam, Sam. You've, You're uh, welcome. You've introduced a new element to this, which is your face. Yeah, yeah. I can no longer record naked, mm-hmm. as I often do. Yeah, which is a bummer. I mean, I guess you still could. I guess we both yeah. could, come to think of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm noticing both our cameras are really just sort of like chest up. Mm-hmm. So, it's it could be just a fucking carnival downstairs. Yeah, dude. Yep, just hanging brain uh throughout this entire podcast. Sam, we're getting off the rails a little bit. Uh would you like a plot for this movie? I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hadn't thought about how to how to succinctly tie all this up into a nice plot. So here we go. Basically, this is about the Pentagon Papers, which came out uh, or were released in 1971, I want to say, which is basically thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of reports on the Vietnam War, uh, some studies related to it. And so basically the movie begins in Nam, uh, where we get to see some general Nam action for some reason. Yeah, you know, just a little bit of nom action. Just a little bit of ambiance, uh, nombiance, if you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was bad. Okay, um, <laughs> Q two back in uh, New York. Basically, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep are. He is the chief editor, I think, 
of the Washington Post. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Ben Bradley. Ben Bradley. And she, Meryl Streep, is the owner of the Washington Post. And yes, Catherine Graham. Catherine Graham. And the New York Times busts some of these Pentagon papers because uh, the dude from the Americans, whose name I don't remember, but that actor. Um, yeah. D- delivers these. And I'm excited to talk to you about it this week. Well, good, good. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to uh, to dig into this. Mm-hmm. So I I think without further ado, let's let's get the plot. Let's op- let's drop our pants and show everyone the plot. Yeah, yeah. So the pants are down. Um, Jesus, dude, the plot on this one. So we begin the movie with a flashback to when Bo Peep was given away. Mm-hmm. And that's pertinent to the plot. And then uh, Bonnie is the new child, correct? Yes. Yeah. So Bonnie et al., Bonnie and her family are going on a road trip. And all the toys are going along. All your favorite pals from all the other Toy Story movies. And uh, Bonnie has created a new toy, which we're going to fucking talk about that. Oh, we're talking about Forky. Oh, yeah. She's created Forky, who is a spork with eyeballs and some pipe cleaners for arms and some and some tongue depressor legs. Um, mm-hmm. And Forky is uh, hellbent on on ending ending his own life by jumping into a, a trash can. Uh-huh. Um, so the movie's central sort of plot is that Forky runs away and, and Woody has to go chase down Forky. They encounter a kind of creepy doll in an antique shop that wants Woody's voice box and has these terrible, mm-hmm. terrible henchmen whom I hated named the yes. Bensons. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And then stuff happens. I don't know. Bo Peep is a road warrior. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, she is sort of a Mad Max character. Yeah, who's been a lost toy, in quotes, uh, for seven years and has accrued sort of a gaggle of other toys and they just sort of hang out in this playground and or the city where the antique store is. Uh, they decide to bust up into the antique store to save Forky because Forky's been held hostage by the creepy doll. We meet mm-hmm. uh, a Keanu Reeves voice character whose name I don't remember, but rides a motorcycle. Duke Kaboom. Duke Kaboom. Thank you. Voiced by the uh, uh, everyone's favorite Keanu Reeves. And I don't know, man, hijinks ensue. Eventually they do get out of the antique store. Uh, They they take the other toy uh, with them, the the creepy doll who's had sort of a change of heart. And the creepy doll gets uh, finds a child at this carnival that takes takes them in. Uh, They get back to the camper with Forky and Woody decides to hang out with the road warrior crew instead of returning to Bonnie's house because Bonnie has not been extremely into playing with Woody recently. So he kind of takes the hint. I don't know. (laughs) Did I leave anything out? It's, it's all over the place. If I'm honest with you guys, I no, you, you didn't leave it out. I just love the, the concept of, Woody takes takes the hint finally and, and fucks off out of Bonnie's life. Yeah, finally after so many days, because that's the beginning of the movie is that Woody's been left in the closet during playtime uh, for a number of a number of occasions, and so I feel like you just got you got to take the fucking hint at that point, mm-hmm. guy. You are no longer required. Bo Peep is here, and she's a total badass. So you might as well just jump ship and uh, go with her and the the ragtag crew that she's accrued. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is the plot point where, like, Woody has to give up his voice box, which seems like it's going to be a big deal, and then it isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just sort of rip it out of him, uh, surgery style. Just rip yeah. it straight out of the stuffing and shove it into the old... Because the old... Basically, the, the what the old creepy doll wants is an updated voice box, because she was busted straight out of the factory, and so she thinks that a new voice box will make her more appealing to a child. So she will be picked up by a child if her voice box works. So they just rip it straight the fuck out of Woody and yep. shove it into her. And somehow that works. Um, I don't know, man. This this movie, it is it is a less focused Toy Story is how I would put yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm guessing your review is that you didn't really enjoy it. No. 
<laughs> but again, <laughs> remember that I was watching this in a blind rage at the fact that I had to spend an hour and 40 minutes uh, whilst incredibly tired uh, watching this movie. So I wasn't in the best frame of mind. So Sam, please tell me that you at least enjoyed Toy Story 4 or your time with it. So I'm I'm going to start with uh, the description that the mouse hose gave for this movie. Um, I realize we just gave the plot, but I want people to understand what I started this watch experience with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, Pixar Animation Studios proudly presents the adventure of a lifetime! Exclamation point. Ooh. Uh, when Woody, Buzz, and the gang join Bonnie on a road trip with her new craft project turned toy, Forky, the innocent little Spork's hilarious antics watch, uh, launch Woody on a wild quest filled with unexpected new characters and one long-lost friend. Here's the thing, Luke. You can't be like, oh, there's a long-lost friend in here, and then immediately start the movie with the flashback of that friend being lost. Mm-hmm. And don't we all fucking remember Bo Peep? Did we really need this confusing flashback uh, where... Because we did the Andy thing. And then this movie begins with Andy again and mm-hmm. his fucking business. We've already... You already ripped out my heart with Toy Story 3, re-the Andy plot line. And then yeah. we're jumping straight back to it just to give us the moment that Bo Peep was given away. Fuck. Yeah. So, so I'll say, again, watching this movie sort of... Uh, hung over on uh, creps. Uh, <laughs> Are you saying crep like a crep? Crepe? Yeah, crep. Crep. Like crep Suzette. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Hey, were yeah. they good crepes though? Oh, they were, they were really fucking good. Mm. I just had too much and it hurt my tummy pretty bad, Luke. Yeah. I did, I did not feel good for the rest of the day and a little bit this morning. <laughs> So, so I had this, and and you know me when my stomach doesn't feel good, I worry a lot. Yeah. And so I did take in, I plugged the mouse hose right down my throat, and just just forced it into me this movie while I was anxious and not feeling good. And Luke, I did not enjoy it in the least. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. I like and I'd seen it before so like it's really robbed of anything good when you know every plot point mm. that's that's coming down that tube towards me. So no, I didn't enjoy the movie at all. Mm, you hate um, to hear that. And honestly, folks, not worth the first watch, maybe definitely not worth the second watch. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, and and I'll say pretty disrespectful watch on my end, too. I really didn't want to pay attention to it. Yeah. You know, I didn't get on my phone. I didn't I didn't leave the room while it was on, but boy, I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Boy, I wanted to so bad, Luke. Yep. I, I wanted nothing to do with this one this week. Oh, man. Just, just not a great week for the boys, huh? On this no, one. Oh no. No. Oh, oh Luke, Luke, God, no. Hey, be you gotta be quiet. Mm-hmm. Luke, Luke, don't. He's outside. He's outside. You can't re- oh shit. Oh shit, he heard me. Oh no, Luke. Oh god. Mm-hmm. Hello, this is HR Giga. <laughs> I wish to talk to you about the Toy Story 4, which is obviously my favorite of the Toy Story films. Oh, really? Because, yes, you see, there are so many things to love about the Toy Story 4. Uh, specifically, I do enjoy the... The, uh, the, the Bensons and their horrible frozen faces and how they torture the other toys and they perform the unfeeling surgery on the Woody to remove his voice, thus showing the voicelessness of the toys <laughs> and their utter <laughs> mediocrity and... Uh, just, 
just how, how horrible it is to be a toy voiceless in the void of horror that is living as a toy in a human's world. I I enjoy the Gabby Gabby, uh, for she has turned on the other toys and empowered the Bensons to uh, have sort of a reign of terror uh, amongst the, the other toys. And my favorite character in the whole movie, Mr. Patrick, do you know who that is? No, but H.R. Giger, I'm extremely curious to, to hear who your favorite your favorite character was in this flick. My favorite character, of course, is Forky. He is a <laughs> totem of mediocrity, a horror, just specter of suicide and hate that exists at the center of this film and completely mediocre in every fashion, every way, and his his horrible, screwed-up disfigurements, his wish for death every moment. It fills me with the pleasure I have not felt in decades when I sold the family cat to the family car. Mm-hmm. Damn, H.R. Giger, you really, really liked this movie, uh, it sounds like, which is kind of surprising to me. But then again, maybe it shouldn't be, hey? Yes, well, you see, part of my enjoyment of the film is that other people do not enjoy it. Mm. And I love seeing the sorrow and the hate on their faces as they take in this beautifully animated picture all about the horrors of living in a in an uncaring world and I also enjoy the the hollowed out skunk vehicle the idea of living in a stinky creature and it's <laughs> and it's husk <laughs> fills me with it. It sparks the imagination for what we could do with such a concept maybe taking a cow and hollowing it out and putting the skateboards on the wheels and, and on the, the feet of the horrible cow and skating across the land, terrorizing human beings, making them think their cars are possessed by the demons of the underworld. Yes, I love it. Yeah, that's uh, that's an idea. H.R. Giger, famed artist behind the the Alien series uh, and the creator of the Xenomorphs. Um, yeah, that's an idea. We we could totally hollow out a cow and ride around in it like a vehicle. Um, did you have any other random thoughts about this movie, H.R. Giger, while you're here, or is it maybe time for you to to slide on out? Oh, I I will be shuffling off. Uh, both this podcast and this motor coil mm. soon, but uh, I just wish you to, uh, to to know that in my next work I will be copying the style of this film mm. for Alien Alien Seven, the Xenovorfs uh, Antique Store. Uh, <laughs> go- goodbye. <laughs> Antiquing with aliens. Uh, it's totally a movie I would go see. Uh, well, nice of H.R. Giger to, to stop by and give us his, his perspective on things. Don't you think, Sam? Yeah. Nice for you, maybe. The dude's been lurking outside of my house for months. Mm, yeah, he heard that Toy Story 4 was coming on the podcast yeah. and knew to just sort of camp out, huh? Yeah, we've had to keep all the windows, like, covered in foil I uh, can't really leave the house much because H.R. Giger, he's always sort of lurking, mm-hmm. c- creeping around the house. I Twice now I've caught him sort of searching through my trash. Uh, he's sort of like a raccoon that way. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of kind of just doesn't leave you alone. Uh, it's part of why I had to animal-proof my house yeah. uh, to keep H.R. Giger from setting up shop in my attic. Yeah, that's a weird pest control call. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've got a creepy Swiss guy sort of hanging yeah. around, <laughs> hanging around yeah, my hey, house. I've, I've got a famed uh, Swiss artist who mm-hmm. uh, will will not leave my premises. Yeah, uh, the police will do nothing. Yeah, that that's a it's a pickle. Well, Sam, 
now that he's gone, uh, we can talk about the movie, I guess. Um, I, I'll say this for it. Uh, I haven't seen a recent Pixar movie, and this was 2019. Um, mm-hmm. This thing looks fucking incredible. Oh, my God. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it is gorgeous. Yes. I mean, the, the level of detail, the fidelity. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. It, it makes the film a little easier to watch yeah because if you just sort of space out and forget everything there is to know about plot or the previous toy story movies i mean you compare this one to the very first toy story and it is it is incredible how much uh, we have progressed as a society with technology uh so i'll say that you know the movie the movie looks amazing sam they did not however fix the cold dead eyes that woody has Oh um, no! They still deader than ever. Mm-hmm. Even. <laughs> yeah, the the high fidelity did nothing for the <laughs> creep factor on the fact that Woody looks like he has died inside and uh, yeah, I, wishes if, me harm. If anything else, I think it makes it worse because everything else is filled with such a a you know realistic life that his cold dead doll's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, really really suffer by comparison yes also you mentioned uh or sorry hr giger mentioned uh gabby 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 is the uh the creepy doll in the antique shop that wants the voice yeah. box voiced by christina hendrix everyone christina hendrix christina hendrix uh i actually didn't know that was christina hendrix mm-hmm. but uh you know she did a good job i guess yeah i don't know i I found that I spent a lot of time just like marveling at the details in the movie rather than paying attention to the movie itself. Yeah, that's completely fair. But um, I do, I do have uh, uh, thought. I did have a thought. Okay. Sorry, I something happened in my brain and it wasn't good. Yeah. Um. So Woody says that he was made in the 50s, which is yes. about the time that Gabby Gabby was made. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's amazing to finally get some canon on that because we've we've postulated yeah. that maybe it was the 40s before mm-hmm. when Woody was made. So, hey, you know, what? I'm thinking early 50s sort of uh, yeah. Sputnik era maybe as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, somewhere in there. Which, which does mean that Woody is a 70-year-old toy that looks impeccable yeah holy shit well he did get restored by the creepy german uh toy restorer in toy story yeah, 2 the, the dollsman the dollsman <laughs> yeah but here's the thing so you know woody and gabby gabby both you know have the the pull string talk box mm-hmm. thing i gotta tell you i i couldn't stop help but think that a toy from the 50s with a with a voice box is gonna say some racist shit. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, if you pull the cord on Gabby Gabby and she's just like, be careful who you invite to your dinner parties. Yeah, or uh, uh, Brown versus Board of Education was wrong. <laughs> Segregate the schools. Separate yeah. but equal. Yeah, you know, it's a good point, and I can think of some things that woody might say but i don't even want to go there uh, as an yeah, officer I, of the none law of it's good Mm-mm. uh i do feel like some someone in there is gonna say miscegenation mm-hmm. um they're gonna they're gonna have some <laughs> thoughts and i i think it's best that woody had his voice box removed yeah probably for the best i love the idea that throughout these movies we are one pull away from hearing the most horrible (laughs) racist shit on the planet uh given that he is a 70 year old doll Um, oh yeah that's an extremely good point and makes these movies just that that bit more colorful when you sort of process it with that lens um, and then should we also talk about how uh, Buzz Lightyear, much like Tim Allen, has no conscience? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically in the movie, Woody is like, hey, you know that little voice inside of you? And Buzz is like, I'm sorry, what the fuck? And uh, <laughs> it's revealed that Buzz Lightyear has no conscience, uh, which is a whole other thing to maybe talk about when we enter the toy verse again. Um, yeah. and toy morality but yeah it's it's pretty 
it's pretty bad that Buzz is like, I have never heard of this empathy thing you're talking yeah. about. I mean, you know, part of me thinks it's it's pretty incredible that they managed to find a voice actor who perfectly matches the character. Mm-hmm. Just a, a glory hound with no conscience and no empathy who ostensibly loves selling cocaine at international airports. Who <laughs> loves it. Can't get enough of it. Mm-mm. Uh, did you have any other thoughts? Man, I want to talk about this movie as little as possible until we get to the Toyverse, but... Let me check my notes. Uh, did you think Woody was kind of an asshole this movie? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Honestly, no one comes out just great in this one. Oh, I'd say Bo Peep comes off pretty great, though. Okay, actually, she's the only one. I yeah. think everyone else, not great. Buzz, again, no conscience. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other toys, pretty sidelined. Yes. Uh, hey, if you were the, looking for for some action from the other toys in this film, fucking even Buzz, even Buzz doesn't get really any airtime in Toy yeah. Story Four. Uh, so so they're all sidelined. Uh, Gabby Gabby obviously does not come out great. Um, frankly, Bonnie kind of I don't know something about Bonnie just seems not great in mm. this one, and then uh. Forky and his obsession with dying, <laughs> jumping in the into the garbage because he thinks that he is trash, which he is, yeah. and we're going to talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, and then, I, like at the end of the movie, the toys I, th- honestly fully become terrorists as they make Bonnie's parents' lives miserable as they endanger them by really taking control of the rv yeah they they hijack Uh, an rv at the end to get it near a carousel where the other toys are so that they can collect them uh after the the antique store heist Um, yeah and i will talk about this but this movie breaks so many rules that has been established uh at Mm -hmm. least by us within the toyverse because the toys actively talk to the adults like at one point yeah the uh, the character voiced by Kristen Shaw that's like a a uh, triceratops. triceratops yeah is like in the dashboard pretending to be a GPS and just shouting things um, uh-huh. at the parents which as far as I am aware has never happened before and would utterly be it I cannot fathom them doing this in their first Toy Story uh, that yeah, blatantly no, um, no hey, absolutely not. I want to talk about Bonnie really quickly, though, and this is going to get kind of serious for a second. Okay. So uh, I guess strap in again uh, for this one. Click, and I'm cinching it tighter this time. Nice. Okay. So basically in Toy Story 3, the whole point was that we we see how much a child, Andy, cares about the toys and the sort Mm -hmm. of bond that they have. And the entire point of the movie is that the, the characters, these children, are bonded to these toys in a really, really heartfelt way that makes you think about your own childhood and toys, right? Yeah, yeah. Bonnie doesn't give a flying fuck about most of her toys in this movie. Yeah, she cares about Forky. Mm-hmm. End of sentence. <laughs> right. So she's, like, now completely over Woody. She's pretty over everybody else. Like, she she wants her toys, but we're we're just bucking the the trajectory that we had from the previous movie, where oh yeah we're not seeing a lot of empathy or uh, you know really heartfelt connection between Bonnie and especially Woody, um, so it kind of just makes Woody come across as an asshole when he's like I gotta do this for Bonnie I gotta go find Forky I gotta control the room and maintain my status as the yeah. premier toy. Um, yeah, it's not a great look, and it doesn't do anything for me emotionally, if I'm honest. Oh, no. It, well, except maybe anger you. Yes. Oh, yeah. It did make me incredibly angry. <laughs> um, cannot overstate how, how much rage I had while watching this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so, so I've got a couple questions, and then I want to be done. Yeah. Uh, unless you've got more. No, I'm I'm over it. I'm so ready to talk about the Toyverse and Forky 
and the implications thereof, but I'm, I would love to move on from this movie. Oh, yeah. So, uh, question number one, how much do you think Bonnie's parents hate that fucking spork? <laughs> I think they hate it with every fiber of their being. I think... Oh, yeah. I think Forky came home. The misnomered Forky uh, mm-hmm. came home, and then they were like, fuck. Oh, no. This rickety-ass oh, piece of shit, this garbage now lives in our house and is adored by our child. Oh, God. Who seemingly has no under understanding that, she, like, if she loses Forky, there are other sporks, googly eyes, popsicle sticks and pipe cleaners mm-hmm. yeah and you just you just know that they are kind of hoping that forky disappears but also mm-hmm. are well aware of what would happen if forky did disappear it's it's a mess i really my heart goes out to these parents honestly if anybody comes across great in this movie it's the parents who oh, are yeah trying to give their child a good time uh, by going on a road trip and then just are being harassed by toys are constantly having to search for her fucking toys because uh, they keep running off uh, yep. man it would it would suck to be her parents in this movie oh yeah it, it's not a job that I want Mm-mm. Uh, and then question number two yeah they're definitely not done with the Toy Story series right Oh, man. I hope they are, but you know that they're going to crank out another one of these. Yeah, it just seems like it. it's not... The crazy thing is they had it wrapped up in Toy Story 3. They, f- they finished it. Yeah. And, and then Walt Disney himself, I imagine no one else was in on this decision, but mm-hmm. actual Walt Disney Tom Hanks. From, from beyond the a, grave, for sure. Yeah. Uh, got a bug up his butt and said, we're making another. Mm-hmm. I want more money. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you'd think we would have been done after... Toy Story 3 was a gut punch, emotionally speaking. At least the first time you see it, and it wrapped everything yeah. up. It was so succinct, and then they fucking made another one. So, I don't know, Sam. I guess for sure they're probably going to make a Toy Story 5, and I'm really mad about it. Yeah, because, I mean, they left it with, like, well, Woody's now a road warrior with Bo Peep, mm-hmm. and, and like, Buzz is now in charge of the toys that literally Bonnie and the audience no longer give a shit about. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Join like, us again for Toy Story 5 when we have this asshole running around the country and then these other people that you long ago stopped caring about being quippy and hanging out with a child. It's Toy Story 5. Give us your money. Yeah. Money, please. Yeah. So, that's all I got. Um, Fuck. (laughs) I don't, I did not like this one. The the only saving grace is that, Luke, now I feel better. My tummy has recovered. Well, that's good. And really quick, let let me just uh, give this, give this a look. Sam, this has 7.7 stars out of 10 on IMDb. So that's that's too high. That's extremely too high. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, did uh, have a budget of uh, estimated budget of two hundred million. Fuck two hundred million dollars. Cumulative worldwide gross one billion dollars. Jesus so, Christ, Sam! Of course they're gonna crank out another one of these. They made a yeah. billion fucking dollars off of this. Fuck. Fuck, they're going to make it. God damn it. <laughs> We're locked in. How many more do you think they could make? I hope no more than seven, but I'm thinking this is a Fast and Furious sort of uh, situation. Mm. And they're just they're going to go until Tom Hanks is dead. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and then we're going to get the, like, really emotional, like, Toy Story 12, the death of Woody. Mm-hmm. Woody dies in a fire or something. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just Tom Hanks's disembodied screams as Woody melts mm. in, in the fires <laughs> of hell. Yeah. I don't look forward to it. God, we're going to be locked into this series for so long. Holy oh, shit. shit. Well, on that note, Luke, um, 
I have to go get some money so I can buy a ton of sporks and googly eyes and pipe cleaners and glue and tongue depressors. Would you like to come with me to the Hanks Bank so I can get that? Yeah, I guess so. Let's go. So, Sam, this is a Toy Story movie. Uh-huh. And every Toy Story movie before this, and with this one as well, we've done a segment called Into the Toyverse. <laughs> Where, basically, we dissect the world building of what it means to be a toy, what it's like uh, to live as a toy, the different parameters of sort of what animates toys and, you know, makes them do what they do. And Sam, yes. I don't think we're gonna get away from this one without going back into the Toyverse. So, are you ready? Are you are you strapped in once again to enter the Toyverse? Oh yeah, I have a full harness on, mm-hmm. and I am I am ready. Launch me! Nice. Here we go. So, Sam, this time around in this installment of the Toyverse, we have a real problem, and its name is fucking Forky. Yes. Yeah. So I I want to. I want to start by saying that I think this movie and this movie alone is the reason why Pixar won't return my email <laughs> because I I firmly believe Pixar had a, uh, a, a like a Bible, a toy Bible that they were following for the first three movies. And then I think they chucked that Bible into the fire mm-hmm. and and just changed all the rules mm-hmm. and said, fuck it. Let's make Forky. Yeah, because we had a real good thing going. We had postulated about how toys have to be played with or they die. Uh, mm-hmm. Toys toys are indoctrinated by their own marketing materials until they are dissuaded from that. Uh, Re-buzz. Yeah. Um, we, we have talked about how much of a toy you can dismember and still have a toy. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, we talked about a lot of these things, and then fucking Forky shows up is just a spork with googly eyes and pipe cleaners and 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 tongue depressors for feet um yep sam what the fuck are we gonna do with forky i don't know but what i will say is i was kind of happy that we did get to see the miracle of toy birth Mm -hmm. yeah Um, dude it blew my mind because we've been talking about toy birth for a while mm -hmm. uh and a lot of our theories had to, you know, they by necessity revolved around a factory and producing toys in a factory or by yes. hand or whatever. Uh, they did not include randomly at pre-kindergarten orientation sticking some things to a spork and then creating yeah. a toy. Now, I, I, I think there is still a logic here i think you can still suss this out okay please help me because as far as i am aware uh, you know right now to me forky is a theological nightmare when it comes to what we have already created right so let's let's talk about forky so we we have previously established that toys are indoctrinated by their own sort of marketing materials and mythos Mm -hmm. i think Forky is still indoctrinated by his own sort of mythos mm. in that after Forky is born, he is unceasingly searching for death in a trash can. <laughs> yeah, by screaming trash and then running into the trash. Yes, and so he is still dominated by the knowledge that his his original purpose was to be trash. Mm. Hey, that's a great point because he talks about he says a quippy line about how he's intended for like to be eat used to eat things, maybe even for soup yes. in a pinch. Uh, so he's aware that he's a spork for sure. Yes. Um, I, and so he is then, you know, essentially he has to be indoctrinated himself into believing that no he is not trash he is in fact a toy mm-hmm. uh and and that he does not need to die immediately at the bottom of a waste bin mm-hmm. but rather uh well again this is complicated because we previously would have said die when his owner stops believing in him or caring about him but this movie breaks that rule too yeah talk to me a little bit more about that what do we what do we see that gets broken here Bo Peep. Bo Peep breaks it all. 
mm. because she was given away. She uh, went to another home, but they forgot about her. And now she is on her own. No child considered a lost toy mm-hmm. in the in the nomenclature that the movie provides us and is still alive. Yes. And here's the confusing part, because Bo Peep is part of a gaggle of toys that live at this playground. And all the other toys, mm-hmm. as we would expect, hang around the playground and wait for children to appear to play with them to give them that life essence to continue. Yes. That all makes Bo- sense. But Bo Peep... Bo Peep does not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and kind of the same with the antique store toys. Mm-hmm. They clearly are not played with. They're clearly old and have been without a child for quite some time, and yet they still live. Mm-hmm. And I can't figure this one out at all. Yeah, because, okay, in the antique store as well, so there's a box full of tin toys... It's sort of like a bar. Mm-hmm. They go into this place, this box full of tin yeah. toys. It's essentially like a bar. And that's where Duke Kaboom, by, uh, voiced by uh, everyone's favorite Keanu Reeves, that's where he uh-huh. is. Uh, Duke Kaboom explicitly tells us that he was purchased for Christmas, we'll say, uh, for a kid named Rajan, uh, Rajan up in Canada. And Rajan tries to get him to jump a thing. And he can't do it. Uh, Duke Kaboom is like an evil Knievel type toy. And yes. uh, he fails to do the jump that was advertised in the commercial. And immediately this child, Rajan, gives up on him. And we can assume from that that basically Duke Kaboom has been without an owner, without any interest, and without any sort of uh, playtime since then. So Duke <laughs> Kaboom also fucks everything up. Yeah. And... <sighs> It's uh, clearly he is haunted mm-hmm. by the rejection of Rijon, uh, it, that makes him in some way kind of defective. Yeah. Um, however, I mean, like I, th- I think there's maybe something that we could get how like these toys that continue to live seem to be inherently broken. Mm. Uh, okay. You know, Gap. Gabby Gabby is broken. The Bensons are obviously possessed by Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, Duke, Duke Kaboom is frankly traumatized uh, by the rejection of Rijon. Yeah. Uh, as as well as maybe not working correctly because he can't make the jump. Mm-hmm. And so it, I, I, frankly, I don't believe this, but it's entirely possible that a broken toy is able to live without a child's love. Okay, here's here's my theory. Okay. I think you're on the right track with the brokenness. I think what we're seeing are toys in decline. Does that make sense? Oh. I think this okay. is like toy dementia basically. <laughs> okay. So, as the toys are on their way out, they are they are breaking they're losing their life essence uh, and that's sort of what's happening to Duke Kaboom. Now that does not explain Bo Peep. Maybe Bo Peep no. is just like the chosen one among toys. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, now your concept of them being in like toy dementia does imply that an antique store is toy hospice. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it makes sense because we postulated before that like the collector in Toy Story 2 still thinks about these toys a lot and much like a deity. Yeah. Uh, like an ancient pagan deity, they they are you know kept alive by the memory of them, and the worship yes. thereof. So that's why Jesse was was still alive, and the prospector and all that. Um, right. But these toys in the antique store are not played with. They are not thought about. They are not focused on in any way. They seem to be self sustaining, but doing it poorly. Uh, yeah. So I yeah I think I think toy hospice is is pretty accurate. And. I do wonder if the proprietor of the toy hospice has some role to play mm. in that she does pay some level of attention to them. Sure. But clearly not enough for them to be operating at 100%. Yeah, I don't think it's the right attention because I don't think she's thinking about them in the same way that the collector thought about Jesse and gang. Uh, oh, okay. I think I think yeah. she views them as a burden. Like, hey, these are the things that never sell. I keep them in the curio cabinet. Uh, it's just like a thing, a thing I have 
that I don't really think about and nobody plays with. Uh, so that's got to be, it's got to be pretty rough for the toys there, I would assume. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't be happy. Mm-mm. And I frankly, none of them seem to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... So do we have an explanation for Bo Peep? I guess not, right? Yeah, I mean, she does kind of break all the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's going to sound weird, but part of me thinks it has something to do with the fact that she's porcelain. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're cooking with fucking gas. There are no other porcelain toys in these films. Yes. And yet she is porcelain and can survive without a child's love. Yes. Hey, here's a theory. Okay. Do you think that the length of a toy's life and the, its ability to sustain itself based on the last time it fed, let's let's call it that, is based uh-huh. on the materials from which it is made? So Forky... Holy <laughs> shit. Forky inherently has a lower lifespan. So if Forky were left yes. alone for, say, a year, Forky is dead <laughs> yes. in dust. Um, mm-hmm. But because Bo Peep had a lamp, Bo Peep is porcelain... Maybe Bo Peep wasn't even intended to be a toy because Bo Peep was originally yes. just a lamp attache with some sheep. Um, right. Yeah. And, and maybe the lamp is critical to it mm. because maybe as long as the lamp is plugged in, mm-hmm. she lives. Yes. Because we do see that it's plugged in at the antique store. Right. A hundred percent. And then it stays on 24-7. Yeah. This is the eternal flame for sure. And that's what's sustaining Bo Peep. Yes. Yes. Okay. uh, She has an alternative power source. It is not a child's love. It is a lamp. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like we've explained Bo Peep at least a little bit. Um, And Forky a little bit, too, because I am comfortable with the fact that Forky will not live long. And Forky is, is a transient being. On this earth. Was it rapping? It was not rapping, no. Oh, that man. would have been fucking insane if it had been. Yeah. Man, I I want it. You spoke it into <laughs> reality, and now it's everything I want. Yeah. So sorry to disappoint on that end of things, uh, but Sammy did get it right for, I think, the third time in Hank Your Moneymaker history. So. I think so. Like three out of ten, mm-hmm. I think. Something like that. Your average is not good, but you know what? Today, mm-hmm. you, you walked away with the W... And that's all that matters. Oh, boy, it is a fucking... It feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels good to get one of these, uh, another one of these under my belt. Nice, man. God, God damn. Mm-hmm. Well, Luke, uh, let's let's look ahead to next week. Alrighty. Um, I think it's time to leave the post uh, to, to suck itself uh, further. And, uh, and next week, Luke... I think you're going to be happy because next week it's 2019 and we're diving right back into the Toyverse with Toy Story 4. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Thank God. Thank God. It's going to be amazing. Oh, I can't wait. Now, have you seen Toy Story 4? I actually have not seen Toy Story 4. Okay. Now, see, I actually have. Oh, uh, so I'm curious, what do you think happens in Toy Story 4? Okay, I think it's pretty straightforward because we've seen a progression of the toys and the people involved getting older, right? Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. what this one is going to be is like a gritty neo-noir reboot mm-hmm. okay. of Toy Story where uh, Woody is just this like down and out PI researching toy deaths. Okay. Um, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's smoking everything is gritty uh maybe the piggy bank character is now a villain uh like a criminal Ooh, okay. mastermind because we've shown before that he's the only one that has any sort of financial knowledge mm-hmm. uh or at least has a pretty firm grasp on how currency works so yeah yeah and i think there's going to be a deep exploration of uh some of the stuff we've talked about read like toy sex and toy pleasure and uh what exactly toys can make themselves into when they're free of their own marketing uh okay i feel like it's gonna go real deep on all that stuff 
So you think that we're going to finally unravel the mystery of the toy orgasm? Yeah. A hundred percent. I think we're going to at least, if we don't see it on screen, I think we're going to get <laughs> enough hints uh, to sort of piece it together. Well, Luke, I can't, I can't wait for us to talk about toygasms. Toygasms is going to be amazing. I'm just so fucking excited to be heading back to the toyverse with you, my friend. Oh, I can't wait. What what other mysteries are we going to unravel about the laws of the toy universe? Mm-hmm. Um, I I really wish Pixar would email me back so that we can maybe get some <laughs> some further sort of behind the scenes knowledge, but they they will not respond to me. Yeah, to be fair, it, it might help if your emails were more than just the subject line question <laughs> and then the body containing toygasm question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a real problem when uh it's either toy death or Woody coming. <laughs> uh it's all it's uh in fact at this point I imagine they're gonna send me a cease and desist. Yeah, probably. If not some professional help. But Sam, it's gonna be a hell of a time. I'm extremely excited for Toy Story 4. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, but until then, folks, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. You can find us on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod. And you can send us an email at HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. Please, please tell us how you're doing, uh, I guess, and <laughs> what, what you think about <laughs> the uh, conspiracies, what you think Tom is up to, um, and uh, and... You know, also, if you saw Polar Express with Luke Patrick, uh, we would love to wrap up all these <laughs> mysteries uh, before before we catch up on all of Tom's uh, films. Um, also, please uh, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. And if you do, I'll uh, read out your name on the podcast right here. Uh, and, uh, and do share us with a friend. It really helps us out. And I want to give a special shout-out to Ryan Boyd for our kick-ass intro music. Uh, you can find their work on Twitter at RyanDroid, D-R-O-Y-D. Luke, mm-hmm. you got that final quote? I do. I think it was said by Tom Hanks, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. Or at least I'm pretty sure. But the, the quote itself is, Nixon's a son of a bitch. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Richard fucking Nixon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get out of here. (laughs) Yeah, let's go. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy. We'll be back next week with 2019's Toy Story 4. Corporeally, they have to utterly destroy these people. Yes, they must be obliterated. Mm. Uh, (laughs) And thus, the toys can continue to live. And I think the secret of the Toy Story films and and maybe what future films will delve into is that there is a source of power far greater than a child's love and it is absorbing a a, per, a human soul by killing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fuck yeah, dude. I think that's the entire plot of Toy Story 5 is a murderous toy. Yes, who is uh like incredibly powerful because it has absorbed so many human souls mm-hmm. does not need their love it just needs their souls mm-hmm. it just needs them to die to fucking yeah. die dude and yes actually it kind of works perfectly because it is woody and bo peep on the road mm-hmm. tracking down this serial murderer yes trying to restore balance to the toy force so Uh to speak, uh, because someone has breached protocol. Yeah, that makes me feel a lot better about the breaches of protocol here, because as stated, we've never even gotten close, really, except for Sid. And then we we rationalized Sid because Sid was a kid. And so that was right. That was okay. Adults. We always thought adults were a whole different ballgame. Yeah, and that there was no way a toy, like almost instinctually, if an adult's eyeball slides onto a toy, they go limp and, you know, into toy mode. Um, Yeah. So we've kind of demonstrated that that isn't the case in this movie, and it was really giving me the heebie-jeebies, but now I feel like we're right back on course. So again, fuck you, Pixar. You thought you could just throw out the book and then lazily write Toy Story 4 without sticking to your own world building. Uh, but we yeah. got there. We fucking got yeah, there. 
You insolent fucks. Mm-hmm. Thought you could slide it on past us. Well, Sam. Shitbags. Do you have any other sort of uh, questions about the Toyverse? No, I mean, like, I I think we figured it all out. Yeah, I think we've really taken a lot of things in our stride this episode. Re we into have. the Toyverse. Because, folks, <laughs> we've maybe thought about the Toyverse more than Pixar has. In fact, I'd say... <laughs> Almost certainly. Yeah, we, we definitely have. Um, but I think we came up with some pretty concrete rules, and this movie really tries to fuck with them. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. In, in fact, I think someone at Pixar is a time traveler, mm-hmm. knew that we were going to set up these rules it, uh, from our previous trips to the Toyverse, and said, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to fuck them up. Yeah. I'm going to break every rule that they've established, and I think... Luke, I think this is a declaration of war. Mm, so Toy Story 5 is going to be just just buck wild. Yeah, I think it's going to be Toy Story 5. Fuck you, Luke and Sam. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Pixar. Re-sincerely, Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> the, the talented team at Pixar Animation Studios. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I look forward to that giant middle finger specifically for us. Whenever yeah. Toy Story 5 comes out, whenever Disney decides they need to make yet another billion dollars. <laughs> oh, God. I I very much look forward to it. Uh, and the challenge of trying to, to thwart their plans mm-hmm. of, of rat-fucking the Toyverse. Yep. But, Luke, I think we've done enough work uh, with the Toyverse. I think it's time to look towards next week. Oh, please, please, let's look forward to next week. Luke, next week we'll be watching 2019's. Oh shit! A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Mm. Fuck! I thought I could. I thought I could remember it. Yeah. Yes, it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Nice. Fuck yeah, dude! I've been looking forward to this one. So, have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I do know what it's about. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard not yeah. to, uh, given the yeah. title and the fact that it's a movie about Mister Rogers, for sure. Yeah. So. I mean, maybe we should try to come up with an alternative. Alternative. Okay. Alternate. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Your brain's been broken by the Toyverse. Yeah, Uh, and those creps. And the creps. Crep. So, yeah. uh, Yeah, let's come up with an alternative. Yes. Plot for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Okay. I think... I think, what was that movie with Denzel Washington, the gangster movie? American Gangster? American Gangster, yeah. I think that's what this movie is, is Tom Hanks oh. returning sort of Road to Perdition style to to a gangland uh, Chicago style, like, I'm thinking Ooh, like okay. 20s, 20s or 30s in Chicago. Uh, a Beautiful mm-hmm. Day in the Neighborhood is obviously satirical. Because it's never a beautiful day in the neighborhood where Tom Hanks is. Uh, right. I think we're going to see Tom Hanks as an actual villain. I had a conversation with a friend about this recently, about how Tom Hanks basically refuses to play villains. And I think this one... Oh, yeah. This one, I think, is really going to bust it wide open. We're going to see him Tommy gunning people and mm, uh, yes. setting setting buildings on fire with, with women and children inside. Oh, um, yeah. Shooting up an orphanage. <laughs> yeah. Mugging people. I think this is going to be just <laughs> a full gangland experience starring Tom Hanks as an absolute villain. Uh, yeah. A beautiful a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. I, frankly, would love to see a good heel turn from, from mm-hmm. Tom fucking Hanks. Yeah. Wouldn't we all, dude? And it's so true. The dude does not play villains. Mm-mm. So he's always the good guy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I so I've got a slightly different take. Yeah, hit me with it. I think Tom Hanks is a weatherman. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think he is gifted with perfectly predicting the weather. Ooh, nice. But I think it's also a curse mm. because he is so in demand. That uh, he's his life is essentially like 
just dominated by requests to predict the weather. Yeah. And and then he's also blamed for bad weather. Mm. So, you know, if he says, like, there's going to be a blizzard in Buffalo, it's going to last three weeks, you're going to get 400 inches of snow. Yeah. I think everyone's like, fuck you, Tom Hanks, weatherman. Mm-hmm. Don't don't put that on us. Yeah. Why are you why are you making it happen? And so I think it's I think it's a really like dark drama, mm. uh, really like emotional, uh, very like like close up. I th- I think we get a lot of scenes of him just like in his home, like windows blacked out, lights off, trying to like hide from the public as they like essentially besiege him. Sure. Uh, and and we get a lot of like weeping i think we get a lot of crying tom hanks nice the crying game starring tom hanks as a weatherman yes Um, Yes. nice fuck yeah dude i would i really like your pitch this week i think that's that would be (laughs) such a good movie i i think we both have great pitches this Mm -hmm. week uh hopefully hopefully the actual movie can live (laughs) up to it but i Somehow I think it won't. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, and I'm excited to dig into some more Colin Hanks because I believe Colin Hanks is in this one as is well. Is he now? I'm pretty sure he plays maybe a younger Mr. Rogers. Uh, oh, well, damn. Yeah, I'm pretty That'll sure. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, until then, you can find us on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod. You can find us on Twitter at HanksyPanksy, and you can email us at HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. Please let us know what you think about the the newly revised Toyverse, uh, you know, any various conspiracies that you think Tom Hanks is involved in, and, uh, you know, just kind of let us know uh, what you think about the podcast in general. Uh, and let me check to see if we have any new reviews this week. Uh, we do not. So uh, please do. Uh, write us a review on Apple Podcasts, and I'll give you a shout-out at uh, this section of the show. Uh, share us with a friend, because that really helps us out. And uh, I want to give a shout-out once again to Ryan Boyd for our kick-ass intro music. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at RyanDroid, D-R-O-Y-D, Luke! Final mm-hmm. quote, please. Final quote is... Trash! And that's it. I'm so happy to put this movie behind <laughs> us. yeah let's get the fuck out of here let's go folks thanks again for listening to another episode of hanksy panksy we'll be back next week with 2019's a beautiful day in the neighborhood